<laughs> it's time now for Who's Your Single? Designed to help you find the keys to unlock a successful day at the races. And now, here's your host and the leader of FBG Nation, Dan Cronin, and he's joined by CC Broadus. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a frozen and snowed out edition of Who's Your Single for January 20th, 2024. I'm CC Broadus. I'm joined by the leader of FBG Nation, Dan Cronin. Dan, how you doing? I'm freezing. How about you? I just woke up to a foot of snow. <laughs> yeah, same here. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to go outside. Thankfully, I can work at home. There you um, go. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I don't see me leaving the house uh, until maybe Monday. So that's a, that, that's a blessing, a small blessing, I think. So, But uh, we've got a few racetracks that have canceled over the weekend. Uh, Oaklawn is down. Turfway is down. I think, yeah, they're done Friday and Saturday. Oaklawn's canceling Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But uh, all eyes will be on fairgrounds this weekend on Saturday as they run a uh, Kentucky Derby prep, the LeCompte, and of course a Kentucky Oaks prep as well, and, and several other other undercard stakes races. Uh, looking forward to that, Dan. Oh yeah, it's a it's a tremendous card. I can't wait. I I, I put a poll up last night. How many do you think Brad Cox will win? <laughs> Who won? Or how you many? Know what? I, I haven't I haven't went back to check yet, so I'm not positive. What do you think? I, I think he's probably going to win somewhere between three and five. Okay. Well, they run 13 races, so it's probably a pretty good chance. And he always uh, does well on these big days. So uh, before we get into our uh, singles on Saturday, we want to remind everybody that uh, to to like or follow our uh, podcasts, uh, like the Auxiliary Gate podcast. Uh, we've got a new uh a new podcast with uh, Jeff Riggs. We call it the Beard Course. We'll do those every so often. And, of course, uh, we want you to like and follow Who's Your Single. Uh, and tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your pets to uh, to say good things about Who's Your Single. And then uh, also a reminder that uh, Dan operates FatBallGuyRacing.com. That's a, uh, what we call the first uh, racing's first interactive uh, tip sheet. And uh, Dan will be covering... Uh, tracks uh, all over the country we're going santa anita Gulfstream, fairgrounds i, I don't know if aqueduct's going to run or not but uh there th that'd be on the list and he'll give you some college basketball selections as well okay all right so let's uh let's let's get started here we think we've got one two three four five you've got five i've got one that we want to uh cover here let's go to Gulfstream first and race nine this is the sunshine classic and Oddly enough, this race used to be a million-dollar purse back in the day. My, how things have changed. A uh, purse of $75,000, mile 16th on the dirt. And it looks like we've got a field of seven, seven Florida breads. Uh, Dan, kick us off with your selection or your single in the Sunshine Classic. Yeah, I was very disappointed when I saw the line. I thought we'd get five to two or three to one. So when I saw seven to five on Octane, I cringed. But that's the single. When I look at the the late pick five there, I just kept going back and forth between the ninth and tenth race. And I think Octane is probably a little bit 
more sure of a single than the Dale Romans I like in the 10th. So I'm going to stick to Octane in the ninth. I think he's going to sit close, second off the layoff. Uh, you know, a drop in class really out of that Harlan's Holiday uh, grade three that he came out of with O'Connor where, you know, he didn't get the greatest of trip. He didn't want to go in the gate. Then he got bumped. And then, you know, he kind of was out of air about halfway through the race. They went awful fast to 110 and change is awful fast for that distance, especially off of a, you know, he's only run twice since June. And, you know, it's, it's hard to win a grade three off of that kind of a layoff. So, you know, I think he's going to maybe go to the lead, maybe sit second, but I know he loves golf stream. He's got Zayas, he's got Alvarado. There's a trainer. He's a solid guy. I think he's, you know, the most likely single of the of the late pick five. And this horse is a winner. He's seven out of sixteen lifetimes, won six hundred and seventy five thousand. He's six for fourteen at Gulfstream. And that's uh that's quite uh quite a Have horse you, for course here. It, yeah, and then when you look, he he's really only been favored twice on his whole chart. I mean, it's not like he's running in a bunch of races where he's three to five every race. You know, he's Six to one, six to one, eight to one, his last three starts. So, you know, they're putting him into really, really good races, and uh, he's still holding his own. What kind of price do you think we'll get on this horse? I think he'll be seven or eight to five. I, you know, barring any more scratches, I think the five and six will both take some money. I think the two will take a little bit of money. And, you know, the two would have been my second horse if I would have used two of them, uh, lure him in. Just because I figured the only way Octane's going to get beat is if somebody goes out and burns him up on the pace. I don't see anybody going with him, but maybe the sprinter, uh, the four will bother him. Uh, but the horse doesn't need the lead. So I think he goes one, two out of the gate, and uh, it's up to Zayas to work out the trip from there. But uh, from that rail, usually going a mile and 16th with that short stretch, he can st- just stick to that rail all the way around. And I think he'll be fine and he'll win. And probably pay 480 all right let's uh leave hollandale and we're going to go all the way across country to santa anita uh santa anita's got an interesting uh, card i want to concentrate on race seven it's a maiden special weight for three-year-old fillies it's a mile and eighth on the turf a horse i had on my notes list returns here it's number nine american dream maker daughter of american pharaoh out of a tappet mare from Mike McCarthy. Uh, this Philly uh, debuted opening day at Santa Anita on, on the day after Christmas, going a mile on the grass, and she blew the break and was toward the back of the pack. Uh, didn't do a whole lot of running. She did finish sixth in a in a tight pack uh, at the wire. What I liked about her the most is she galloped out like a beast. I think she, she passed... Uh, Almost the entire field. The winner was a runaway winner. I think she passed uh, the winner up as well. And McCarthy usually doesn't have him cranked up first time out. I like the idea that he went and got J.J. Hernandez, Juan Hernandez. You know, we're getting first Lasix. I feel like this filly's got a little talent. She just needs to learn how to run. Now, hopefully she can put it all together and start number two. Uh, The morning line's four to one. That's probably going to be accurate. I would take four to one on her. I'm probably going to try to get some type of horizontal uh, single to her somehow, maybe a pick three or pick four, depending on the races around. I haven't really looked that close at those races, but I do like American dream maker. I might even just try to box her with maybe some of the, uh, some of the other, uh, logicals, Poppy's joy, the two horse, and then circle of trust, the three, uh, 
Circle of Trust is backing out of a stakes race at Del Mar where uh, she didn't have the best of trips under Joel Rosario, but now you get Flavian Pratt. That might be a, a might be a decent exacta box three and nine at Santa Anita. All right, now we're going to come back east, and of course, as we alluded to earlier, Fairgrounds has a big card on Saturday, 13 races. And it's going to be uh, going to be a lot of fun. A lot of the the best horses in Louisiana are going to be racing there. A lot of the top trainers are going to unleash their their best horses. And we're going to start with race number five. As I'm scrolling up to it, race number five, I believe, is a maiden special weight. It is mile sixteenth on the dirt, three years old. And uh, all right, so Dan, you, you like a horse in here? This is a pretty pretty tough race i like your selection we we've talked about this horse in the past uh tell us about your your single in race number five yeah and it's key to be right here because there's two pick fives there's a middle pick five that a lot of people forget about um that's starting in the i believe it's the fifth race yeah it's the fifth race five through nine so we're ending a pick five and we're starting a pick five so you don't want to be wrong here because uh, it could really mess up your day. But uh, the four here, Hall of Fame for Steve Asmussen, you know, we get really good information from that barn. And, you know, they called and, and we talked about this horse at length back in November, and they really, really liked this one. And to say the least, they were not happy with the ride at all. They were very upset with the with the trip that this horse got. Um, you know, he's a gun runner. So, you know, going long was probably always on his on his chart, you know, to go to next, but that was a seven furlong race and he just did not come out well, but then he was settled and he was fine and, and he was starting to make up some ground and, and Tyler just put him in a jackpot to where he just couldn't move. He was just stuck and he just kept going backwards though. It looked like, well, he's done. He's got no chance. And when he finally got him through and it was, I mean, at least, at least four furlongs into the race before he was allowed to run. He finally started making up some ground and he was grinding towards the winner, but the winner was gone. There was just no way to get to him. And he got beat two lengths, uh, you know, a good start for his first start, not what they wanted. They expected to win. Uh, but you know, he ran a good 66 buyer number. I like those kind of numbers in the fifties and sixties. I, I don't want buyer numbers first time out in the, in the eighties and nineties. I, I think they tend to bounce off those numbers where the 66 is, they tend to move forward and it, you know, going two turns, he's got a good inside post. He goes from Gaffleo and Rosario. That's not going to hurt him. Um, he may even show speed this time. You know, a lot of gun runners have gotten faster as they got older, so I, I fully expect this horse to run somewhere in the 80 to 85 buyer number range and may go right to the lead, may sit second or third, but Hall of Fame is going to be a handful. And the only horse that I thought had any chance to beat him is Funny Flame, the six, who just doesn't want to win. You know, he's got really high numbers, 72, 76, but he's second, second, second. He just... For whatever reason, he does does not want to finish the job. Now, they're putting blinkers on him. Maybe that'll light him up some more. But I'm not sure going to the lead is the way you want to, to beat Hall of Fame here. So we'll see. I, I think he's going to sit. I think Hall of Fame is going to sit close. 
maybe even go right to the lead and be a, just a handful for Steve Asmussen, the, the gun runner. They, I mean, it's Magner, you know, it's Magner and Tabor too. I mean, they're two, two of the biggest owners in the world. A couple more notes on uh, that Hall of Fame race, uh, the debut race. Uh, he was uh, really, I don't know if you call it green or aggressive or, or just unprofessional in the post parade. And that probably cost him a little bit. Uh, he probably had a claustrophobic, like you said, he had a claustrophobic trip uh, going down the backside. Also, the winner, Windrider, if I'm recalling correctly, that's a uh, Rusty Arnold trained runner for Calumet. That horse had a perfect trip, uh, skimmed the rail all the way around, and yeah. that was basically the difference. And then the third horse in there, Redeposit, uh, is is a good Greg Foley maiden that's yet to break his maiden, but he's uh, I think he finished second maybe last time in the slop, and I think I pretty much touted that horse. Uh, to no avail uh, on one of our uh, previous uh, uh, shows. Oh, yeah. Yep, they took it off the grass, and he ran second. There it is. Yep. yep. And I, I wanted him on the dirt, and I, I got it, and uh, he was no match for the winner. But uh, still still a solid uh, racehorse. So, uh, yeah, Hall of Fame is uh, a, a horse we both like. Uh, let's uh, skip ahead. Now we're going to go to race number six. This is another made special weight, six furlongs for three-year-old fillies. And this this race is tough, very tough. Uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about this uh, at length here. But tell us, uh, first of all, who you like in race well, number six. This is the battle of the information here. I've got information on both the Steve Asmussen and the Brad Cox. They both really, really like their horses. And, you know, the Asmussen barn thinks they may have a star in Motown Dynamic. But the Cox information has been so good to us over the years. I'm, I'm going with Galia Princess, the three at six to one. I think we're going to get four or five to one. The, the one thing about Cox first time starters over the years that we've gotten, they don't all tend to be chalk. I know people for some reason think that, but the numbers just don't lie. I mean, you can look up so many different $12, $14, a $28 winner at Saratoga first time out. Um, they don't always get bet. I mean, they just don't, you know, because when they're in these races with these other hot horses, sometimes they end up third choice, fourth choice. And I think that's going to happen here. You know, I think Motown dynamic for Asmussen is going to go off eight to five because every human's talking about that horse and not many people know about the Cox horse. So I think five or six to one is going to hold and it might even drift up and that's perfect for us. But you know, if you want to be safe, take them both. If you want to try to drill that double in the fifth and sixth race, you're more than welcome to try to do it. That's what I'm going to try to do. And I'll probably use them both a little bit because I know that the Cherry DeVoe, Cherie DeVoe horse, the eight's going to take money too. You know, I don't have any personal information, but you know, the ownership, the works, the breeding, everything, you know, just screams that that information is going to come to somebody and, uh, you know, you don't work that fast at Keeneland and the fairgrounds without somebody touting that horse. So that's another one that's going to take money. So if you want to use all three of them, that's up to you. I'm going to stick with the two and the three. Okay. I think the word is out, like you said, on the two Motown dynamic. Uh, I think he, he tipped his hand on January 6th. That's a 47 and four work, uh, best of 38 from the gate, uh, that day. She's, uh, she, you know, Aspieson doesn't really work them hard. In the mornings, when they when they go that fast, they usually do it on their own. So that's that's a horse that you uh, that's going to take a lot of money. And yeah, if if you want to lean on the three, 
a little bit here. I think you might get a, a decent price. Uh, and like you said, uh, yes, indeed, for Sherry DeVoe, that's an $850,000 two-year-old training purchase. So that that horse, uh, she must have really, she must be a looker. Uh, she just must be like, uh, like D. Wayne Lucas said, uh, the perfect, uh, the perfect filly has the uh, walk of a hooker, the face of a princess, and the butt of a washwoman. That this filly must uh, must fit that to a T. So uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's a uh, a good rendition of this uh, maiden special weight. Look forward to that. I would also, there's a chance a couple of those uh, first timers may not run. To uh, their odds, this might be a, a chance to slip in a, uh, a a long shot underneath, maybe a, a filly like Oh My Mia for Tom Amos, who uh, who woke up in her third career start and finished second. Uh, maybe Plum Tricky makes a second start for Dallas Stewart, and uh, she she showed a little promise on debut. And then uh, the ten horse, believe her, for Chris Hartman, looks like uh, she might have a little bit of talent as well. So you might throw them underneath, maybe try to get one of them to split the exacta or, or get into the trifecta, and you might uh, might be able to hit something decent for, for cheap. So a uh, great race, uh, one of many on Saturday. Let's skip ahead. We're going to go now to race number 10, and this is the three-year-old Philly Kentucky Oaks prep. This is the... The Silver Bullet Day Stakes, uh, mile and 70 yards, three-year-old fillies, and uh, probably going to be a heavy favorite in here. Uh, not 100% sure of that, but uh, maybe not the deepest rendition of this race. But, uh, Dan, tell us who you like in the Silver yeah. Bullet Day. Yeah, I I think this filly might end up going off under 5-1 to one in the Kentucky Oaks. That's, that's how good I think she's eventually going to get, and that's West Omaha. You got Brad Cox, of course. You know, Saez picks up this mount. This is the fourth different rider she's had in four races. So I don't know if that's good or bad, but you had Florent Giroux in the first start who just absolutely butchered her. I mean, she was so much the best that day. First time out, got left, got in trouble, circled the field. I mean, she was six wide in the lane at, at, at Churchill. That, I mean, you almost never see that. And she was just storming down the middle of the track and almost got there, then came back and, uh, you know, had that kid that rides for Cox at, at uh, Oakland, Swan, and just went as easy as you could win the next time out, which was fully expected, you know, but didn't go off favorite, you know, was not the favorite in there and, and went as easy as you could win, drawing away. They put her right into the untappable. And yeah, okay. Her stable mate was better than her Alpine princess, but also got a better trip than her had also been two turns where West Omaha had never been two turns yet. And, you know, we all thought, well, she'll probably get sent to the lead and Rosario didn't send her. I mean, he just sat on her pretty much the whole way around. It was almost like he was conceding the race to the other, to the other Philly and just wanted to get her a good education. And that's what she got. And she ran a really solid number you know, back-to-back 81s to where wouldn't surprise me if she doesn't leap forward to about a 90, but she doesn't even need to to win. If she runs an 81, she's going to win unless somebody runs a, a, a race that's not expected. Maybe the eight, Sistina Chapel, uh, could run a, a race like that. Maybe the three, but uh, I don't really expect any of them Phillies to do that. Now, 
you know, I've already had one person say, well, Rosario jumped off and went to the one. Well, that's not true. Uh, Rosario has to ride for Asmussen. I mean, he's coming to the fairgrounds to ride the Asmussen horses. So he can't come and ride five Asmussen's and one Cox. That's not the way it works. So I'm sure that with if you asked his agent, he didn't have his choice. It was Asmussen's got perfect shot in there. You're on him. I mean, that's I'm sure that's how that conversation went. And perfect shot's got a little chance. You know, just broke her maiden. She's a gun runner. She should improve. But uh, her numbers are just nowhere near West Omaha. West Omaha should sit first, second, or third and just go on about her business. And I actually like Saez better than all of them. So I, I, I can't complain about getting Saez on my mount. I'm going to tip some information that we provided in our other pod, the, uh, the beard course. Uh, they talked about this horse at length, uh, West Omaha, that is. Uh, if you go back... This horse was supposed to run at Remington Park, I think around the weekend of the 16th. And that was the whole snafu where they over-medicated the horse. I think they, they medicated her in Oakland, they shipped her to Remington, and they medicated her again. So she was over the limits and probably would have been a, a real problem had they run her. They put her back on the van back to Oakland, I believe. Yeah, December 17th, she had to work at Oakland. And then they shipped her to Fairgrounds to run in the untappable on December 23rd. She finished second after all that traveling and all that, uh, all that mess. And that was pretty good effort from her. I mean, you probably could have expected her to be nowhere in that spot after, after what she'd gone through. Now, Brad Cox has had a several weeks to work with her. The only problem is that, you know, the price is going to be depressed. It's not, it's not going to be good, but you're looking for a single, this is probably where to look. Uh, the only filly that I think might have a shot is number three, Miss Code West, if she gets loose on the lead. Now, there's another speed horse in here that could go with her. Uh, Miss Code West is undefeated in four starts, three of them against state-breds, Oklahoma state-breds at that. Uh, we don't know how good this filly is. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you're looking for a price and you're you're against the favorite, maybe go with number three, Miss Code West. But I think uh, West Omaha is no doubt the Philly to beat here. Oh, one more thing. We want to give a shout out to our buddy, Joel Politi. He's, he's got uh, no risk it, no biscuit in here as well. And we always root for Joel. Hope, hopefully that Philly uh, does well and gets a graded stakes placing or, or even better in here. So let's uh, go on now to the finale of the finale of the fairgrounds card and the finale of who's your single for this weekend. And we're going to talk about the LeCompte, Race 13, $200,000, three years old, mile and 16th. And this is a Kentucky Derby prep. You've got points on the line. Uh, it was started as a field of eight. I think we're going to have at least two scratches, and I've heard a, a, maybe another one's going to scratch as well. Uh, so possibly a compact field of five or six. Dan, tell us about your single in race 13. Well, I got I got to be honest. I got three horses in this race that I bet on in the winter book when I went to Vegas, which is so odd to make four or five winter bets for the Kentucky Derby, just screwing around $20, $50, stuff like that, and have three of them show up in the same daggone race. So it, it, it's shocking that it happened that way, uh, but it did. And so I, I got a pretty decent sized bet on Nash 
And I think he's a solid animal. I was very disappointed with his last race. Very disappointed. Now, a fleet Alex did this type of thing too, before he went on to be a, a monster where he just flew an absolute clunker, uh, on the, on the trail and then came back to, to win. So maybe Nash can turn it around like that and come back and win. I just, he didn't fire his normal speed. Uh, the rider was pumping on him way too early. Uh, he looked like he was going to make a run, like he was going to really be in it and they didn't go fast. One twelve is not fast at all. And for, to the six furlong pole and he could not finish and he just did not finish at all. And track phantom basically, yeah, he got a perfect trip. Um, but he ran away from Nash, which is kind of scary. Uh, so that's why I don't like Nash track phantom is going to be six to five, seven to five. Yeah. You could go there. No question about it. And his numbers are going the right way. And, you know, he's on the trail for sure. And, and he's one of the horses that I bet on. So, you know, wouldn't surprise me if he won, but those are the two favorites. And I think there's another horse in here that's going to get overlooked. And he didn't get overlooked by our group as we all lost our guts on him his first time out, we, we had this horse bet so many different ways. And if you remember, we also had mystic Dan in that race too. So we were all torn on, well, mystic Dan was like 10 or 15 to one and Ethan energy was four to one. And we were like, well, which one do we bet on? We got all this information. So we ended up betting on both of them and it looked like mystic Dan was going to win at a big price and he gets run down and Ethan energy never ran a step. So we were really disappointed. Maybe the info was off. You know, my phone's blowing up afterwards from, from my guy in the barn. Hey, don't forget about this horse. He can really run. He just came out a little slow and, and Florence took care of him and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I, I believe about half of what I'm told. So I'm like, yeah, well, okay. But then I started watching him work and who he was working with in the mornings. And he was out working stakes horses and he outworked awesome road and it wasn't even close. So here he comes into a maiden race and we bet, I mean, I bet with both hands, I bet as, as much money as I've ever bet on a horse. And again, wasn't favored. He was two to one, but he wasn't favored and he went as easy as you can win. The 83 number is good. It's not great. He's going to have to run faster, but with Saez instead of Florence Rue, let's be honest. I like Florence Rue, but it's an upgrade. It is. It's just, it, it just is. It, you go from a good rider to a great rider. And I think the pace is going to help him because the one, if he runs, yeah, he's 30 to one next level, but he's going to go early. He's going to inject some pace early. Nash is certainly going to run better out of the gate this time. I don't think he could possibly be any worse out of the gate. So he goes early. And track phantom's going to go early. So what if, you know, the riders of Nash and track phantom decide they're in their own race and they just go too fast internally, it could set it up for Ethan energy to really come rolling late. And we just don't know how good Ethan energy is yet. I can only go by what the barn tells me. And they've been telling me about this horse from the middle of the summer. So I, they do think a lot of this horse. Stone Street Stables, you're going to get four or five to one. 
to me, if you want to use all three of them, that that's up to you in the, in the pick five, because if you single earlier in the silver bullet day, you can do that. Or you can really try to clock it with Ethan energy. And I, I'm leaning towards that, that, that I'm going to just try to get to Ethan energy and hope that my price is five, six times higher than the two favorites and hope they hook up and Ethan energy is what we've been told for months and he comes flying past them. And if we're wrong, we're wrong, but the, the price is going to be right. CC. There's no question. All right. First, let's talk about some scratches here. Uh, According to uh, Marcus Hirsch of the Daily Racing Forum, the one next level will be scratched from the comp. So there's some speed out. Uh, Tizzy Indy is a maybe. That's the three horse. That's 30 to one. Both of them are 30 to one. So Tizzy Indy is a maybe. Probably not much of a pace factor. And then on the far outside, Awesome Road. I think it's probably going to wait for the southwest at Oakland. But uh, so likely a field of five or six, like I said. Does that change your opinion in any way now that some of that cheap speed is out on the rail no because i think it just makes it even more likely um that rosario and florangeru are going to go at it early because florangeru is not going to take back from the rail now if he's on the rail he's going to send as hard as he can to get to that first turn in front because i'm sure he thinks that if he can get in front of track phantom that, that they'll never get by um, that's the way I would ride him, you know, going a mile and 16th. It's not a mile and a quarter. Uh, so to me, that even makes it more likely that those two will hook up early. Now, maybe they don't go 46. Uh, maybe they go 46 and change like they did last time, but still, even if you're just going in the 46 area and you got two horses dogging each other all the way around, which seems very likely to me it could really set it up for Ethan energy. And, um, you know, but again, if you want to take all three of them, I, I can, I, I get it. If that's what you want to do, hell, you could take lat long. If, if you thought they were going to hook up at, at a monster price for, for Kenny McPeak. I mean, he ran second to track phantom. Um, and he's a dead closer. I just don't think he's as good as Ethan energy. I, I just, I'm really high on Ethan energy until my eyes tell me something else. Cause I know what I'm watching on them workouts in the morning. I know who he's working with, and he's just he's just a very good animal, I think, and we're we're gonna find out where his ceiling is. Now, one more thing uh, before we sign off. Let's talk about uh, ticket structure. Let's say you want to play this late pick four, late pick five at fairgrounds. Do you want to play a large ticket, try to get alive to your your top picks or or maybe go skinny because there are some small fields? And it, it's on these big days, it's likely to go chalky. What what uh, what say you? Do you what's your ticket structure going to be like? Well, I think in that uh, the ninth race to start the late pick five, you only need three of them. Lovely Princess, um, Creative Cairo, and then the favorite at the bottom, Tufany. Uh, I don't see. I, I look at that race for 20 minutes trying to find a price to add, and I just couldn't find one. So I'm going to be three by one, and then I get to the next turf race, the 11th. The one being West Omaha in the uh, Silver Bullet Day. Right. So three by one. You know, maybe the race with – maybe the, the 11th is where you either go all or go really deep. I mean, there's nine horses. If there's no scratches, you could probably eliminate one or two of them. But, you know, at least go five or six deep in there. So say you're 15 to $18 there. Um, and then again, in the Louisiana, 
You can just take the two favorites if you want. I hate taking two horses if they're both going to be eight to five and and six to five because you just don't you don't give yourself any chance to catch a price. Even though Saudi Crown and and Smile Happy look like the horses, I would throw Red Route One in just to give me some type of chance at a price, and it doesn't cost that much more because we're only at what that that would be eighteen plus th- times three. You're at like fifty four bucks. And then it's just a matter of how many do you want to use in the last. If you use all three of them, you're what 150 divided by two. You're at about 75 bucks. You know, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go above that. And I would probably, you know, I'm leaning towards just single in there, and you know, keeping that ticket way down. You know, that would be what about a 20, 20, 25 dollar ticket or something um, to try to nail Ethan Energy. And, you know, what, what have you really invested? If you, I like betting on my singles. So if I bet on West Omaha and she wins, my ticket's free, you know, cause I'm not going to, I'm not going to invest that much in the pick five anyway. So I got a free ticket and that's when I don't mind just single and Ethan energy because that price that will pay, if you can get there is going to be to the two favorites, you might get $200 for 50 cents. But to her or to him, you're gonna that's gonna be six, seven, eight hundred. I mean, it's gonna be three to four times higher because so many people are just gonna use those two. And they're not even gonna dig any further. They're just gonna say, those two are the, the two class horses, that's it, we're done. And they're gonna end it right there. And and if that happens, like you said, it could get really chalky. And we only got, you know, one or two opportunities in that late pick five to get a price. But I think Red Route One's got a chance to give us a price. And I think the 11th race, uh, I, I don't, I'm not sold on any of the favorites. So I think we could stab a price or two in there and hope to get one of them home and pay double digits. You know, the Brendan Walsh rising empire, the eights got a little chance. He's going to be a big price. Who took the monies, the six, uh, you know, lob red, but you know, loves to win. So it's his home course. Maybe he pulls off a shocker, pays $20. You know, there's there's a few of them in there. English Tavern for Michelle Lavelle, who I know you love. Um, I mean, that horse, why can't that horse win? I know he, he doesn't have any wins at the fairgrounds, but he's got seven wins lifetime. N- there's no reason why he can't he can't be added to the tickets and uh, try to beat strong quality, who I think is going to get way over bet. Um, so that's the only chance. It, it's not a great sequence. You know, obviously the turfway sequences are a million times better. But, uh, you know, we got to deal with what we got to deal with. So the long version of your answer is, yes, I would try to keep your ticket as short as possible and then take a shot in the last leg to to get three times higher, four times higher, one of the favorites. All right. Sounds good. So, uh, yeah, interesting card. Like I said, it it could break chalky, but uh, probably going to have some kind of say in the uh, on the Kentucky Derby Trail and the Kentucky Oaks Trail. So uh, worth watching just for that alone. And uh, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, obviously, if you want to check uh, Dan's website, fatballguyracing.com. He's going to have all the tracks that are running uh, covered, all, all the uh, major racetracks. Uh, you get uh, analysis and selections for each of those racetracks. And uh, we ask you to, uh, if you get a chance, to check out the Auxiliary Gate podcast and the, uh, the Beard Course Racecast uh those are out. Uh, we had uh, 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 Jeff Riggs had Chad Schechnader from New Orleans to t- talk about this same fairgrounds card. And then uh, 
uh, earlier in the week, we had Matt Dennerman, the, uh, the track announcer at Oakland on. So uh, check those out if you get a chance. So uh, that's all for now. Uh, we'll be back next week. I believe the Pegasus World Cup is coming up. We'll have a show for that and uh, hopefully uh, ferret out some singles there as well. So uh, on behalf of Dan Cronin, I'm CC Broadus reminding you when Ethern Energy is drawing away, just yell at the jockey. Don't fall off, please. See ya.